Today, it's Edwin's Monday Evening Property Rant. Hello again, it's Martin North from Digital Finance Analytics. Well, I've noticed posts covering finance and property news. Another Monday evening and Edwin is with me once again. Hi, Edwin. How are you doing? Martin, I was a little bit uh, scared early this morning. I'd, um, uh, there was a, a, a video going around of uh, yeah, the, the, the King's Guardsmen uh, uh, on the horses galloping past the uh, palace. Two black horses and a white horse. And the white horse had an, uh, an empty boot, uh, rider's boot on it, signifying some sort of debt. So that you know, that sort of reflects royalty or high-ranking official that's passed away. And I thought, I don't know, what's going to happen to the Monday night rant? I was, you know, plainly wasn't you. So it's not you, so I'm relieved now. No, no, it's still here. And uh, there's no, nothing reported on the news so far here in the UK. So... I have no idea what that, that signifies. We should say, Edwin, that uh, you've got cloud there, so Elon's system is completely useless, right? So you're on the on the reserve backup, the phone uh, the phone link. So if we get a little bit of a wobble on the internet connection, we apologise. But uh, you know, we'll do our best. Well, yeah, look, he's let me down, uh, old boy Elon. I've got to really, uh, you know, get him on the bat phone and hey, uh, hey, what's going on? These plans are yours. They're just not not cutting it. Either put more satellites up there or get more money back. One or the one or the other. Can't have it both ways. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, of course, if you can't connect with him, you can't really send him a, a message. So <laughs> whether that's part of the conspiracy or just the happenstance. <laughs> yeah, all that all that stuff that's happening now. With but look, over the last week, I took Dusty and Evan to the vet, right, and and went to the vet, and the vet said. Um, yeah, we they got treated. They uh, they got looked at. Uh, yeah, annual uh, uh, annual checkup and so forth. And uh, and said I said, look, do you mind if you pay cash? And the vet said, oh, not at all. Yeah, we welcome cash. And uh, as a matter of fact, just about everybody here yeah, here in the mountains around this around where I live in yeah, that particular vet had been paying cash. And I you know took a step back and said, well, yeah, why is that? He goes, well, you know, with everything that's been going on lately, everyone wants to keep cash about. You know, they want to keep cash around cash handy because um, there's so much there's so much going on and you know, there's so much confusion. Uh, you don't know whether whether things are going to be up or down, whether the internet's going to be up or not, uh, what the banks are going to do. So there's a lot of confusion out there, which you know, uh, then you look further as to what we're going to be talking about. There's so much confusion out there in the property market and uh, it all comes back to one thing, Martin. All this confusion stems from one thing, and that is, you know, uh, government policies and the way they handle uh, new mandates, uh, the, the way they dish it out. You know, and last week we saw, um, you know, how the uh, we witnessed government policy 101 in those two videos that we played to our viewers, and, and now we're going to talk further about the aftermath of uh, of government policy and what happened. Yeah, absolutely, and. Um... It is, um, well, it's a bit crazy what's going on, I have to say. And I made a couple of uh, videos over the last few days just pointing out how broken the, the property market is and how much of that is actually uh, um, linked very strongly to what governments have done or not done over the last 20 to 30 years. And, of course, they're talking about, you know, 10,000 houses uh, sort of shared equity. Of course, the Greens might block that because they're trying to push uh, the uh, negative 
gearing and um, uh, some of the other uh, you know changes that they want to see. Um, and of course, there was an announcement yesterday that uh, something like forty thousand social housing uh, units will be um, funded from superannuation, the big superannuation funds chipping in. Um, but there's an analogy that I've got, you know, the last two um, explorers that have gone to the moon, one from Japan, I think, and one from uh, the US, both landed on their side. <laughs> and I think there's a really good analogy there between that and the property market. The property market is broken, you know, and and they're sort of uh, saying, well, you know, we got we got some information, you know, et cetera. But actually, the point is that um, it's not functioning anything like it should have. And uh, I think there's some interesting analogies there. Uh, th this is the thing. So, and this is what I've been saying for qu quite a number of months. So even you know, last year, even last year, I've been saying, look, we can't look at, uh, we sort of can't predict what the market is going to be doing. Uh, we haven't been able to predict uh, properly what the market is going to be doing other than look at the pure numbers to to get an idea or get a get a small glimpse as to what it could do and, and you know in, in the way that uh, uh, things will shift uh, because post post uh, the pandemic it was um, it, you know, it's we don't know who's we don't know who's really who's really you know, running the nation I mean all I all I saw over the weekend, I didn't see a, a, a prime minister concerned about the uh, concerned about the issues that are that, that, that the renters have got, or that the issues that the uh, first home buyers and, and the locals have got, and the and inflation. All I saw is the uh, you know, busting some moves at the um, at the uh, at, at the music uh, at the music festival of sorts, you know, uh, being a swifty. So that's one thing for sure is that um, you know uh, politicians want to be swifties. But they don't really want to be you know, doing the work that they're meant to be doing. It's crazy. I mean, that's the sort of shit that we see out there, and that's the sort of stuff that we're uh, we're, we're witnessing. And this is where when you and I talk about in your your different shows, your different uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, social media pages, and in the podcast that you put out, and the videos that you put out, is really trying to drum in uh, the fact to our viewers and our followers that you know, to be the the only thing that seems to be consistent are the numbers. Because the numbers are numbers, you can't manipulate them. They they are on market, and thank God that that uh, yeah we've got numbers that can't be manipulated by way of what we see for sale and what we see for lease. You know, uh, you know, we can we can uh, cherry pick differences. Uh, we can cherry pick uh, sales that are really sky high. We can also cherry pick uh, uh, properties that are. Um, that have gone mortgagee in possession for one reason or another, but when we get to the to the bottom of it, it's not really what what those articles, uh, yeah, what they, it appears to be in those articles. There's a lot more to the truth. But look, we we our point in, of consistency are the numbers, uh, and the other point of consistency, uh, just as the sun rises and the uh, and, and we get taxed and there's uh, and, and we die, you know, uh, at the end of our life, is the fact that policy policy on the run. Does not does not work. Look at what's happening in Melbourne, Martin. Uh, this is and, and this is the stuff that I that I put up this morning. Yeah, uh, breaking New South Wales New South Wales government is contemplating closing the borders with Victoria to protect our rental population and first home buyers. And then I posted I put three snapshots of uh, uh, some of the tweets that were put out the, uh, this morning have been put out over the week. Yeah, it is uh, pretty amazing. Um, get ready for a shock when you get your land tax assessment, Victoria, a massive
cash grab. And then you have this one. I don't, what do you make of this, Edwin? Well, this is the crime, uh, the crime factor that um, now if, in the early shows, uh, yeah, from, um, yeah, we said when, 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 when inflation goes up, when there's a lot of pain, when people are feeling the pain, and, and then when basically when you've got no, uh, yeah, when markets turn or when it becomes very difficult for people to, to buy uh, you know, goods and just basically live on a day by day basis. You get crime on it, it, it's on the rise, and that is what we're seeing there in um, in Melbourne, Victoria, because of the the, the high taxes, the the inflation, the uh, the cost of living, uh, the and also look. Let, let's call it for what it is. Also, you've also got you've also got communities that have been that have been corralled and I say corralled by the by, by these policymakers in other words thrown into into regions of Melbourne uh you know and and I'm saying you know, about the uh uh the, the two sides of the fence the leaves and the labs uh and, and that's the history when we bring in migrants we we, we corral them into certain regions and, and then what do you expect they're not going to be they're not going to be rampaging through through the homes that that uh, that they live around, you know, to like from years ago. Uh, years ago, people people say, um, you know, people say, well, what's the safest? What's the safest suburb in? Uh, well, they used to ask me. This is years ago, right? Uh, they used to ask me, what's the safest suburb in uh, in Sydney? When they consider, yeah, you know, a lot of the people that I spoke to, they, they would think that I was going to say, you know, Strathfield or the North Shore or. Pinball or, or the likes, I'd say, no, Mount Druid. Mount Druid and Campbelltown were the safest suburbs. Why? Because that's where that's where most of the gangsters and most of the thieves lived, right? And then they they spread out, and then they they um, most of the burglaries happened in uh, in in Strathfield uh, or, or in the or, or in the North Shore. So, and this is what's happening now in Melbourne. When you this is what happens when you when you get when you put people in these uh, communities. Uh, you, you create these havens. It's happening all over the world. Uh, I, yeah, we started talking about England. As there was another podcast I was watching uh, early this morning, whilst I was having a coffee with Dusty and Evan, uh, you know, uh, of, uh, of a fellow there in England that's uh, going around parts of parts of your neck of the woods uh, now, part, you know, London and in in you know uh, English cities, and, and looking at how. Some parts that were, you know, 10, 15 years ago were tourist attractions that become ghettos. Mm. I mean, and the same shit's going to happen here. We're going to see the, the ghettos. We're going to see ghettos, as we're going to talk later on in the show as well, about the uh, multi-million dollar ghettos that I've been speaking about since two, you know, uh, 2015, 2016, which is the high-rise developments in the concentrated areas of, uh, of Sydney that the strata managers are failing to look after and the, and the property managers are just putting any Tom, Dick and Harry there and not, and not, not, uh, not doing the periodic inspections. Uh, as well as your 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 your, your ghettos where you've where you got uh, concentration of, of of people, unfortunately, people are, are on welfare and they've got a you know, they've got no other choice uh, but to go into other areas and and because I mean you know, they, they, they've got to live. I mean we're not going to get into the the pros and cons of of, of uh, you know of, of these certain suburbs at the moment with regards to the. Uh, uh, the the demographics, but th this is policy on the run. This is policy on the run, and what what does the government expect? This is and and this is this is coming to a neighbourhood near you, and uh, very soon. 
Absolutely. And uh, it is unfortunately not just an Australian thing. We're seeing it uh, here in the UK and uh, in other countries too. But there are some particular characteristics about Australia. Uh, we might just go back to uh, this slide because this uh, highlights the um, significant land tax hikes that are coming through. Um, <laughs> as the post said, they encroached on your liberties. You ensure that you're safe by arresting citizens. So there's a lot of um, discontent there. And um, now, rightly so. I think people are questioning, uh, you know, motivations and uh, what's going on. Um, I would argue that one of the motivations, very important one, <laughs> is back here, right? <laughs> Guess who's got... Guess who's got a whole portfolio of properties, right? You know, eight properties, seven properties, six properties among the registry of interests. And, um, uh, you know, we should always remember politicians have properties too and, in fact, are overrepresented when it comes to uh, property. So maybe some of the things that they are doing uh, are not totally for the great good of the country. No, uh, you know, it, uh, my question to that is, Martin, is uh, I wonder how many of the uh, of the politicians that have got investment properties are, are also selling their investment properties in Victoria, because Victoria seems to be a basket case at the moment with regards to investors selling out. And that previous uh, post, uh, you know, that uh, uh, image that we posted up, I posted up on my Twitter feed uh, of Crystal Mitchell uh, with her friends. Um, uh, uh, her friend's uh, land tax assessment notice. I mean, that, that's that, that's alarming. It's gone from uh, three thousand, yeah, you know, let's say three and a half thousand uh, the, the the previous twelve months to now, uh, you know, just a bit over nine thousand, and, and and that's it. And if you don't, it just gets accrued, and then, and then gets to a point where then uh, then the uh, get sued and uh, until you pay it and then then we, we get into those scenarios where then the uh, uh the, the council if you if you fail on your council rates if you fail on uh, on other uh, uh aspects of your your rates uh yeah they've got a, a a quicker pathway uh to to bankrupt you than than what banks do um yeah uh, being uh, creditors so the, this is this is the same and this is why we caught we said last year we said watch this space you know middle of last year when we noticed that the wechat chatters were pulling out of melbourne and we were talking about the reasons why we were talking about policy on the run we were talking about uh the, the issues we were comparing the back then when we started talking and raising uh the the issues that they're facing now the investors are facing now we were we were comparing it at that time with with what had happened in 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 New Zealand, and it's really a carbon copy of what happened in New Zealand. And what did the governments here expect anything different? Uh, and more to the point, when you've got a greater and more excessive uh, fees that were you know, are going to be were going to be payable by investors, and and this is why now we've got uh, uh, as much as we're seeing. A lot more properties go on the market in Melbourne. We're not seeing them come on the rental arena because investors don't want to keep them for rent. They want to they want to go out, and so yeah, there's there's a story in itself in on that side of the equation. But the the aftermath or the, the one of the effects of that is that people are going to come are coming back to Sydney, particularly the the, the chatterers, and and now you've got the Silent Tigers and the new kids on the block are in are in Sydney, and this is it, and this is. This is the competition that everybody's facing, all because of useless you know, policy on the run that doesn't fix anything. It creates more problems. 
uh, early last year, I said when these things when these things are enacted, when 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 they actually start playing out, uh, I said renters are not going to be better off; they're going to be worse off because you you can see it. The writing was on the wall. Once investors start pulling out, and there's less property on the market, and the and there's a, an increase in population, uh, you know, and a huge increase in population by way of migration. You know, I mean, what, what 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 did they expect, Martin? What did they, you know, what what did they expect? You, I mean, you, you 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 scramble a few eggs, you get an omelet. You don't get a you don't get a banana cake. <laughs> no, you don't. Absolutely right. And uh, I suspect that uh, uh, some of those omelets were made with rotten eggs in the first place. Um, it's worth noting, I think, that um, ANZ's uh, uh, come down with a slight downgrade for house price forecast for Sydney and Melbourne. Um, because uh, basically they said they slowed faster than expected since the start of the year. So they're still looking at a rise in Sydney of 4 to 5%, and Melbourne is set to lift by 2 to 3%, which was smaller than the previous expectation. So only a minor change. But I have to tell you that um, uh, my own view is that we're seeing some very different dynamics in Melbourne and Sydney at the moment. So I'll be quite interested to see to what extent um, the continued falls in Melbourne spread. Um, there is still significant demand relative Melbourne to Sydney. Sydney, there's still quite a lot of people looking. Although, of course, the problem there is that people are actually um, finding it very difficult to, uh, to to find anything that they can afford. There was uh, I, I made a show earlier on showing just how that uh, affordability had pretty much been shot. But, of course, what's happening now is, in particularly in the Sydney areas, people are now talking about the um, the regional towns. You know, the, the way to solve the um, the way to solve your problem, not finding a property, is just to go a lot further out. So uh, uh, it was interesting that um, uh, Domain actually made the comment that um, people can't afford to buy in, in the Sydney basin. But, you know, you can afford to buy up on the central coast. Um, the point, of course, there is that you're a long way from getting into, into Sydney. I mean, okay, there are good transport links, but it's still a fair old time. And I know that when I was down in Thoreau, it was an hour and 20 minutes to get into Sydney, um, which, you know, if you add that to the beginning and the end of the day, as well as the costs, just the time involved. So um, basically the story is for a lot of people looking to get into the market, the only way they can do it is to either buy a unit, probably a poorly constructed unit closer in, um, although not, not, not that, close impossibly because of the price differential or to buy a house a long way out and then put up with the uh, lesser infrastructure and also the long travel times i mean you know the, the system is broken property is broken and we keep coming back to this edwin because it's so critical this is not something that's just happened right we've been calling this out for a good number of years and now it's all coming home to roost as it were and um it's interesting to me that the uh, you know all of the spruikers, all of the people on the uh, on the socials connected to property are are spruiking like they've never spruiked before. You know, now's the time to buy. Blah 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 blah. Um, gee, I I just don't think they actually are really representing the true reality. Well, in, in general terms, right? In general terms, um, yeah, you, you you could say anything it'll and it'll fly. It's when you start getting into you know, you know, into the nitty gritties that uh, that 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 you see you know how much of a difference uh, that there are between two markets or, or two areas or two you know two two adjoining you know, suburbs for you know uh, as a matter of fact. 
uh, you know, in relation to your original comment about the difference between you know, the ANZ report with uh, with Sydney prices um, still you know, climbing by another four percent, although you know, not climbing as quickly as last year, and also in Melbourne, um, you know, yeah, by I think it was two percent. But uh, and, and I think the I think in general terms, the, the gap is a lot bigger because of what you said and the, because and what we've been talking about how the, the the markets are reacting totally different. I mean, we've almost got double the amount of numbers on market. Uh, we certainly have the double the amount of homes, freestanding homes on market in the Sydney region than what we have in the Melbourne region. Um, yeah, then and, and yeah, the rentals are, are are almost on par. So you you've got two dynamics. You've got investors pulling out of pulling out of uh, uh, the the Melbourne region and and, and looking at uh, other opportunities. Um, so yeah, I I think the gap uh, between the two is is understated in general terms. Um, and as I put in my predictions for for twenty twenty four, I said there are some parts of Sydney that we're going to see, uh, you know, um, you know, certain areas, certain suburbs, certain areas in certain suburbs that are going to climb, and certain style of homes and properties, even apartments that are going to climb, you know, anywhere between you know ten and your and twenty five percent this year. Uh, it may alarm some of our viewers, but that's a fact. That's what we see on the ground. That's what we are noticing. That's why, you know, we've got the finger on the pulse with. Uh, uh, all the websites that we subscribe to, all the information and data that we subscribe to, um, our colleagues on the ground, the information that we get from the agents, and it's not just uh, and it's not just a Tom Panos type of index of you know, uh, auctions that he does on the on a Saturday. Yeah, we've got we, yeah we've got a broader net uh, of information, so we can see we can see the difference we can see the difference there. Uh, yeah, you know, and, and then you know the in relation to the um, uh, other aspects uh, of the market. Yes, the system is is really broken, uh, and people, unfortunately, this is I say, unfortunately, people are going to be making that, those hard decisions, Martin, and they're going to be commuting, commuting an hour and a half. I mean, some of my family in Chicago, um, you know, uh, up to three years ago, uh, they were, you know, before they started working from home there as well. Up to three years ago, they were commuting an hour and a half to get to work. Uh, in Chicago, uh, so for them to you know, you know when, when I used to talk to them and say to them that you know some you know uh, commuting forty five minutes an hour it's a long way and I'd say yeah their their regular their regular uh, one way trip was an hour and a half, uh, and, and that's what people are going to have to start getting used to here as well if they want to have uh, the luxury uh, or, and and unfortunately we have to call it a luxury Martin because yeah it's it, it's gone back from a. Uh, yeah, it's, it, yeah, we've gone past the the the, the any any other aspect other than uh, having a home, a a freestanding home on your on your you know five fifty six hundred square meter block of land. You know, it's it's a luxury, and and even if you go into the regional areas or your you know, your central coast and you're and heading down towards the rural and 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 beyond, or even or, or even uh, you know, mid mountains and beyond. Uh, you know, it's it, it's a long way, but you've got to make those sacrifices, right? You've got to make those sacrifices. People are going to be making the sacrifice. So I can see out of this, I can see that there's going to be uh, as much as the big corporations are pushing uh, for the the people to work um, to go back to the office, and, and as much as the um, the Lord Mayor of Sydney may want everybody to go back into Sydney to to you know pump the uh, 
the you know, the commercial aspect of Sydney back up again because it's floundering. Uh, you know, there's going to be, there's a huge push to still work from home, uh, and, and that is the only other way they're going to do it. They're going to have there's going to be these compromises, and, and there will be push uh, through uh, the, the the unions and in in the the unions that represent different industries. I can bet your bottom dollar that there's going to be representation to even break the week up into. Yeah, you know, two weeks, two weeks at home. Sorry, two days at home, three days at work, or or three days at home, two days at work. Whatever, however they, you know, they juggle that. But there's a, there's a, you know, there's going to be a stronger push to work from home because people are going to be commuting a, a lot further. And the other thing, Martin, is that that uh, these these uh, bright sparks uh, that we've got in at all levels of council, they don't realise is that. By, by bringing more people in, by bringing more and more people in, the, the roads are becoming more and more congested. And the other scary thing, uh, as you drive closer into the into the central hubs of Sydney, uh, as you ride, drive closer into your Chatswoods, your Hurstfields, your your um, you know, your uh, you know, your um, are there in Parramatta uh, in, in, in further in. Uh, you know, you, you're having to you're having to navigate a, around these these bloody uh, uh, scooters that are delivering food everywhere. It, it's crazy. I mean, I've had so many near misses in the last week. It's you know, uh, unbelievable. It's crazy stuff. So, in the congestion and and roads are becoming, uh, you know, I don't even know why we pay uh, the amount of tolls that we pay, uh, given the fact that it's um, most of the time and it's not really a peak hour anymore. It, it's almost in some some main roads, some uh, uh, motorways, uh, you, you you're basically you know, running not as you know, not as congested as peak hour, but not not far from it. Uh, and, and all it takes is one nutcase to to have an accident or to break down, and then you know, you've got a traffic jam. It's crazy. It's mayhem there, but they haven't thought about these things, right? Uh, they, they haven't thought about it. But we are get, but they are going to stop us from eating meat, Martin. That's one way to save the planet. But let's bring in more people and get the people to, to to buy more cars, more vehicles, and and not provide transportation to get from point A to point B, right? Well, in some cases, the um, time it takes to get from point A to point B is back now at the level of the horse and cart, right? <laughs> so it's ridiculously stupid, and as you say, it's it's highly crowded, and um, you know. It, what it means is that the quality of life is um, is degrading. And I was talking to somebody on my one-on-ones the other day um, who was looking to buy a house. They wanted a house because they've got a family. They've got a unit at the moment, but they want to get a house. And they've got a price range, which is, you know, not excessive, um, but they've got, they're on relatively standard incomes. And they concluded that the only areas they could consider buying were way over west, or down below Wollongong, down towards Shell Harbour. And so they were making some comparisons between the West and Shell Harbour. And they concluded that whilst Shell Harbour was was even further away and the transport links up to Sydney were um, not that great, there was a good train service and the price differential was such that they actually felt they could get a better property there than over in the West. When I say a better property, it's quite interesting. It was a house, had four bedrooms, quite recently built, but it was on 380 squares. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, it's basically, it's a house without any real outside space at all. 
And, you know, there was a beach not too far away, et cetera, et cetera. But it really is, it brought home to me the real dilemma that many people now have when it comes to what are they going to do? And, you know, the main motivation here was that they needed more space and they couldn't afford the risk of their rent going up even more because they knew that if the rent went even higher, they had no ability to save and uh, it just put more financial pressure on them. So it's a, it's, it's a real it's a real dilemma. And I think that really brings it home, Edwin. People having to make really difficult compromises just to get by at the moment. Yeah, and this is where the, and, and this is where families uh, uh, start breaking down. Uh, you've got then you've got to make uh, school choices. Uh, then you've got kids on uh, having to you know, be, be literally dropped off at at train platforms at you know six o'clock in the morning so they can get to to, to school because they're also commuting. Um, and, and and as I said, the other thing that that's on the rise is you know crime and violence uh, that we've been talking about as well over the last 12 months that people have got to be careful and be very watchful of uh, and because people are triggered people are people are on edge they're on uh, you know they're on a, they're walking around with a short fuse because of the pressures and the anxiety and the that, that they're facing and the, the the turmoil that they're facing on a day-to-day basis and uh yeah so it's yeah this is these are all the the decisions and then you've got then you've got um, you know uh, parents getting home late. Uh, who's looking after the kids? Uh, how how are they how, how are they maintaining? Now look, I, I reflect uh, at the time that you know, when we were growing up and you know, we were in, in Gladstone. Uh, you know, my mother had um, worked a full time job, and then she also had a a, a part time job. My father obviously had a full time job, and then uh, uh, did a lot of overtime. And you know, you know, back then, in, you know, if this is in the mid seventies. We wouldn't see them uh, during the week till about uh, 7 o'clock as well. Um, and but it was a different, it, it, it was a different um, environment as well. I guess we didn't have the distractions that a lot of the young people have now. And and we got educated a lot, you know, a lot earlier in 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 terms of um, how to look after ourselves. Uh, I mean, look, you know, uh, this, uh, I'm going to blow my trumpet here. I, I, I learned how to cook. I started learning how to cook at the age of 12 and 13 because, uh, you know, the, you know, the, the, the girls, the, uh, you know, the, I, at, at the time there was a, one, one of my older sisters lived with us and, and the other girls that were a lot younger than us. And, uh, you know, we, we took turns. We had to learn how to look after the, uh, the, the little ones until mum and dad got home. Uh, so, but now we've got, it's a different environment yeah you know, there are different things at play there's a lot of distractions uh and and, and parents are going to be uh, uh you know even more having to be more watchful as to what's going on and all these um all, all these predator of all sorts on uh, on the internet on social media and everything else it's crazy it is a crazy world uh and a lot of this can can be uh put on pause and, and could be really looked at if the politicians didn't just want to win brownie points and get elected and get re-elected uh, and looking after their own welfare rather than the people that put them in power, they don't know, Martin. I don't know what's you know. Is there an answer, or are we just going to be? Uh, is it going to be yeah, dog eat dog? Uh, yeah, moving forward, and, and every man, man and woman, child for themselves, and, and that's it. Everybody can go can go get stuffed uh, because yeah, that, that's that, that's that's what it, it appears. Hence the reason why there are so many people 
walking around triggered. I mean, we're losing that sense of we're losing that sense of community unless you go and live specifically in in those central hubs that are now being built up by specific communities and demographics, and that's where you see also uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, a rising in property prices because they will pay, they will they will they will sell their their, their their kidneys in order to 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 buy into those into those um those community. Uh, hubs that have been uh, built and created all over all, all over Sydney, and that in itself also uh, is dividing the, the the population. It divides by ethnicity, it divides it by religion, it, you know, and you, you you've got this divide when we were supposed to be a multicultural nation. Yeah, well, I think uh, things are definitely fragmenting, and as you say, there are very very big differences, and that's one of the reasons why different suburbs are behaving. I think quite quite differently. Um, I think there's another factor here, Edwin, which we should uh, just explore a little bit. And in fact, there was an article um, uh, up in Queensland um, talking about the uh, problem with uh, the rental sector. So up there, um, and, and you know, and this is just uh, talking specifically about uh, the rental sector in, in Queensland. Um, Robertson on Brisbane's south side is believed to have the most negatively geared properties in the state, with 90% of properties likely to be negatively geared based on the analysis typical loss of about eighteen thousand dollars i think but what's happened is that they've made changes to negative gearing and capital gains tax provisions in the midst of a housing crisis and as uh, one of the um, uh, people uh, featured in the article says um, it's a bit crazy what they're doing and as a result of that um, investors uh, are losing money on the property. And uh, in fact, they said that um, they found that there was a significant proportion, 38% of landlords would consider selling this year due to tax and tenancy reforms. So my, my point is, at the time when we have huge demand for property, both rental and uh, for people to, to, to purchase properties, we are again seeing government policies that seem to be pulling in the wrong direction. And so <clears throat> the number of investors quitting is rising. And again, over the last week, I had a conversation in my one-on-ones with a property investor who had a portfolio of three different properties. And for the first time, they'd actually sat down and done the numbers on the money in and the money out on the investment property relative to the capital appreciation that they had or expected to have. And they were absolutely shocked. They were shocked at just how little this investment was actually returning to them. And then they sort of said, well, hang on a moment, I can get 5% on the term deposit. Why wouldn't I sell those investment properties? Again, it's another symbol here of just how broken the property market is. Yeah, and, and so what, what they're doing in Queensland, as we discussed last year, where and when they were talking about the, um, you know, all the reforms to, you know, the, to you know, tax reforms as well as the, uh, yeah, the changes to the, um, uh, to to the, uh, you know, the, the the rental side of things with the the minimum standards uh, for for rental properties uh, that also uh, 
uh, is going to put a lot of pressure. So it's it's really a carbon copy of what's been going on in in Victoria. So it doesn't work in Victoria. So let's let's let, let's put it all to play in Queensland because you know if we do the same thing over and over again, we're going to have a different outcome, right? So this is this is the level of the, the mindset that these politicians that we have. And again, I say, you know, uh, it's not just the, the 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 labs; it's also the libs. The, 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 it's just the same. The, the same um, the same playbook, um, but the, one of the things that I that you and I discussed uh, a, a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, that I bought, you know, we, we were talking about was if, if, if negative gearing, uh, yeah, with the discussion around negative gearing and the, the yeah the pros and cons, no matter what side of the fence you stand on, um, yeah, you the I, I feel that. Uh, and I believe, and what what's playing out in Melbourne is is the is what let's say if negative gearing was you know uh, removed uh, was uh, abolished, uh, and uh, a lot of investors put the properties uh, on the on the market in the current state that we're in, I think that Victoria is reflective of the short term effect of negative gearing, which is detrimental to uh, to to the rental community. Uh, and but to 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 um, uh, buffer that, uh, we've also got uh, another dipstick uh, of uh, of yeah, politician. Uh, you know, no, no no better off than than the last one that we had here in New South Wales. Now saying that he's going to bring in migrants in order to 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 build the the, the housing uh, that we're falling short of, uh, and, and that's the only thing that's saving. Um, in a way that's saving the you know, the, 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 the 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 market at the moment, or the or the people that are still left in there holding on to uh, to rental properties, because so in the short term, uh, I think it's really detrimental uh, to you know, uh, to to the rental to the rental side of things, because we we're, we're seeing we're witnessing what happens when uh, a lot of investors exit uh, you know exit the um the the property arena. Um, uh, it yeah, potentially is going, could play out a lot differently here in Sydney because obviously most of the migrants want to stay here and there's still a, a, a lot and a lot more coming and a lot more want to stay here and uh, you know, things to, you know, overall, uh, I'd say, you know, regardless of what the rest of our viewers think, I'd say that New South Wales is is the better state to be in at the moment, um, you know, given the... Uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the benefits that we have or the or, or the, the the future outlook uh as to where the, the way that uh, Queensland's traveling and also the way that uh, that that Melbourne is at the moment given the fact that also Melbourne's got such a huge deficit in their budget uh you know uh you know there's the, the so much in the red that they've got to raise all these extra uh land taxes in order to in order to keep basically to keep the um uh the the, the politicians Happy with their pensions, and and that so that they could also give themselves a pay rise, uh, you know, uh, after the financial new the, the new financial year. Yeah, and it's interesting because that uh, article that you you showed there made the connection between migration and uh, more builders, right? <laughs> Now we've we've already debunked that from some time ago, right? Because we know that a lot of the migrants coming into the country have no interest in becoming 
um, you know, cannon fodder in the construction sector. Um, and as you said in your tweet there, maybe we should uh, get him on to our rant so we can explain again why that's the case. Yeah, and, and people also got to understand the fact that well, we, we make. I'm just making a, a, a an exaggerated point. Some do get into the some of the new migrants have gone into the into the building sector, but not as much as what we had before. Uh, obviously, the and and but the the point that we've raised on the show and the point that we've raised before uh, is why not incentivize why not incentivize uh, our, our local a local um, young talent. Why not give them more of an incentive? Why not, uh, you know, uh, rather than just throwing money at the building industry like they did in the, you know, uh, throughout the, uh, the pandemic, and, and just throw money at, uh, uh, you know, re renovation builder and, and and let's get a new kitchen builder and all these other uh, grants that were thrown out left, right, and centre at the builders, and, and they got into they got into fixed price, fixed price contracts, and now they can't they they can't. Um, the builders can't deliver on those fixed price contracts because labour costs have gone up and material costs have gone up, and you know, and the construction industry is in the world of shit. So this is so. So rather than just throwing money at it, why not? Or, or let's just. Or why don't we just throw money at the at at, at the local, uh, you know, uh, uh, apprenticeships? Why, why not throw more money at TAFE? Why not throw more money at the the, the greater institutions? That uh, we're, we're bringing out the you know, the older tradespeople that we have now, um, but no, we we need to go and get the so-called talent from overseas that don't know our, our regulations, don't build to our standards, don't want to, they don't care. And on top of that, if you look at uh, one of those snapshots from that tweet, Martin, it, you know, I, I thought it was interesting. It says that New South Wales Premier Chris Means has revealed he is in favour of high immigration, even though Sydney is very unaffordable and congested so more foreigners can so more foreigners can build new high-rise apartments <laughs> so i mean it is it, it is a quagmire if i ever saw one right this is this is just the the, the policy on the run ridiculous uh r ridiculous um uh nonsensical uh you know arguments but guess what Unfortunately, uh, the, a lot of people have bought this you know, hook, line, and sinker, and, and it, it, it's let, let's pity let, let's pity the, the the migrants that want to come into into Australia and bring them in in, in truckloads, but forget about forget forget about the, um, the 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 locals that have you know built this great nation and, and they've been you know that we've you know in the young people that's where we should be focusing more on. I mean, that's just my view. My view, just that, incentivize it, uh, incentivize the the, the the apprentices. I mean, look, some in some areas, you know, third and fourth year apprentices uh, are not uh, are only earning twenty seven dollars an hour, Martin, in some field, in some trades. Uh, you know, from tw you know, twenty five to twenty seven dollars an hour. Yeah, the little brothers and the little sisters, as we've been, you know, the same, you know, from the WeChat chatterers, they work in the building industry. They they walk out, you know, they've been walking out anywhere between, you know, from $350 to $650 cash in the hand per day. Cash in the hand.
I mean, that's how much money there has been in the building industry. And then yet we give we give third year uh, 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 and fourth year uh, plumbing appearances and uh, in, in electrical uh, electricians apprentices working under those areas. Yeah, twenty five to twenty seven dollars. Uh, per hour and then they get taxed on that and then they've got to buy tools and they've got to do this do the blah 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 i mean what's what's the incentive there's really no incentive right when you when you see somebody that's that's not that's not uh skilled that's not licensed that hasn't gone through that doesn't understand the uh, the, the regulations uh you know can only just get by with minimal english skills doesn't understand uh, how, how to work in a in a construct, construction environment, um, and but yet they can walk away, you know, with you know five hundred bucks cash in their hand. That's crazy shit. Yeah, I agree, and uh, it just shows you again how uh, badly thought through, um, you know, this 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 whole story is. And um, I, I'm going to sort of progress the conversation slightly by saying. But there's another story when you start looking at the WeChat chat chat chatters, right? Because, I mean, this was uh, an astonishing uh, report which shows you that at the other end of the spectrum, $18 million landmark apartment in Point Piper to sell. And it's just another example again of the fact that elsewhere there are significantly well cashed up people who are still willing and able to buy in to the local market. And um, I think that uh, the view you'd probably have, Edwin, is that we're seeing more and more of these cashed up people being part of the story here. Look, and this is where the, the this this article is making the rounds amongst the uh, the, the different groups uh, that Dusty follows on uh, on WeChat. And the interesting thing about this is what the article doesn't really, what the article doesn't say. I mean, what it says is, in, you know, for our viewers, so they don't have to go out and read the whole thing. It's really you know, talking about, uh, you know, uh, what you'd call the superstars of uh, of the Chinese uh, entertainment industry. How they 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 love uh, Sydney, uh, they they love uh, property, and 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 how they feel comfortable and safe. Um, owning and living in, in in Sydney, obviously that influences a lot of other um, uh, Asian celebrities from all over the world uh, to to do the same, and at those price points. But what they're they're mainly talking about in in, in WeChat is, although this article's focusing on this, um, you know, Tianjin, uh, the her property with you know, that's worth eighteen million dollars that she bought, I think in in twenty sixteen, um, and and um, and but the, what they're saying is, is outside of that, it's the, the other story that's not really told is all the other, uh, you know, social media influencers, uh, celebrities that are that don't have that uh, high standing as she does, um, uh, but still have a lot of money. Uh, how the the you know, that, that at that level has influenced others at a, at a lower level from your five million to your from your five million to ten million, buying in buying in droves as well, uh, and and using the homes to uh, just basically spend the holidays in, uh, and and I, we know that for a fact because uh, as we said, we we've our connections with the also with the um, with the new kids on the block and the group that we're involved with with that uh, one of the main one of the main selling agents there. You know, he's been selling you know, properties anywhere between your three to uh, seven, eight million dollars, 
uh, along Hunters Hill, Gladesville, uh, and you know, Dremoines and all those areas there. And, and, and uh, you know, it's often the case that the celebrities will knock those houses down and build something new uh, to their liking or because because they can't buy established or you know, basically you know, to circumvent the FIRB or, or to comply with the uh, Financial Investment Review Board, you know, they they have to you know, rebuild the homes. But they're spending millions. Uh, and this is what they're talking about. And hence the reason why we say that the WeChat chatterers are, are, are very much focused on buying property because we are and we have been, uh, you know, uh, uh, of recent times, we have been literally uh, the number one position, or the number one destination, by a lot of Chinese people of all diff- uh, of all persuasions that have already left China and that have been living outside of China for many years, but have lived in other parts of the world. And this is what what our our local followers have to understand and have to you know, take into consideration when they do go out there if they are looking. To buy, as I said, if you're looking to buy, take all these points on board. If you're looking to sell, take all these points on board. If you're looking to rent, take all these points that we, you know, all these information that we bring to your attention on, uh, on board. But yeah, look, it's 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 interesting. Um, so more, you know, stars in the rise, as you know, one would say. Uh, Sydney's become a, a you know <laughs> a big attraction. Um, so it's it's quite interesting. Absolutely. Well, um, it's consistency with what I'm seeing in some of my surveys as well to uh, to highlight the fact that there's a lot of cashed up people around who are willing and able to spend big bucks. And uh, I think we're going to see that continue. But there's another bit of a story here, too, and that is we're starting to see more cracks appearing metaphorically as well as literally in the high rise sector. Right. And um, it's not just the property and the poor quality of construction themselves. But some of the owners' corporations are now actually creaking at the seams as well. And uh, here's this one that you uh, pointed to, that uh, owners' corporations could go bankrupt due to special levies not being able to be raised. Um, This is uh, another, I think, very big and concerning story. Yeah, man, and, and that stems from uh, the discussions that we've we've had over, over the years with regards to the the owners corporations and and all the issues around apartments that uh, that that are basically uh, common problems or the problems for the for for all the uh, lot owners of the of the owners corporation or the or the apartment blocks. So when special levies have to be raised, uh, I said what we've been saying for for quite a, quite a while, a number of years. What's this space when when people just basically don't want to don't want to contribute to the sinking fund? What happens? Obviously, they get taken to court. The property gets sold, and then and then uh, it's you know it's no, no, no different to uh, taking a, a a debtor to court. You have to go through the, those whole motions. But this this other side uh, of this story is uh, based on the. Uh, uh, strata managing a uh, manage, strata management company that uh, has been has been uh, you know, fiddling with the books, uh, and there are my understanding is from uh, from my sources in the tribunal is the um, there there are three uh, uh, owners corporations, in other words, three um, let's say three yeah three buildings. Three three owners from three buildings, separate buildings, uh, are chasing this property manager, taking them to uh, to you know, through court proceedings in order to to recover money. One of the one of the the owners' corporations, uh, is, um, you know, they've got uh, 
you know, close to a million dollars that are unaccounted, uh, unaccounted for. And this is what happens, if you recall our conversations around uh, 2018, 2019, when we were talking about the real estate industry uh, being on its knees and, and how a lot of officers that weren't paying the bills were on the third and fourth credit card. But for the pandemic, it really saved a lot of uh, a lot of the officers in in my industry, and and the same thing happens around strata companies as well. So obviously, when when the pressure's on, uh, the only um, the only barrier between uh, yeah the only um, yeah call it a barrier, call it a, a, a you know a um, an impediment, call it whatever you want to call it, the, between uh, between the the property manager or the licensee in charge or the Schroeder manager in in the bank balance of of, of whether it's a, a landlord or whether it's a uh, owners corporation in this case uh, is really a password and guess who holds that password <laughs> so, and, and and a lot of money goes missing so if you if you recall our conversations around 2018 2019 there was a lot of issues around um, you know, property managers, licenses in charge, uh, being in a lot of you know, hot water with uh, with New South Wales Fair Trading because of uh, misconduct and misappropriation of funds from uh, uh, you know, from trust accounts. So it looks like we're we're going back to you know it's deja vu 2018 2019, except at a bigger scale because obviously strata managers hold a hell of a lot more money in the trust accounts than uh, than a lot of. Uh, you know, um, local uh, property management teams or local uh, real estate offices. But I think it's going to be endemic of, of, of you know, moving forward because a lot of offices, even your you know, your residential, just your 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 your, your average property management and uh, and your you know, uh, sales office, uh, they you know the majority are struggling. My prediction, one of my predictions for 2024 is that a lot of the independents that jumped out. Uh, you know, five, six, seven years ago, from the the major franchise offices to you know, to you know, to set up independent offices, a lot of them are going to are going to uh, rejoin uh, the bigger brands again because you know that obviously cuts cuts costs down, and we're going to see a lot more now. Whether the the mainstream media picked that up or not, uh, it's uh, it's a wait and see, but that's. Uh, what we're seeing, uh, you know, uh, independents that have been floating around, uh, you know, I've seen, you know, they've been shifting and changing. So uh, the the more we talk to people, the more we, you know, I reach out to, to you know, uh, X or Y, and I say, look, uh, you know, what what are you doing, or or where you're at, or or I notice we notice listings on the market with uh, with individuals that that we've been dealing with, but they've yeah, they're under a different banner, a different uh, uh, under a different agency. Uh, so there's a lot of shifting and you know, and uh, in, in, in moving around of um, because of the pressures. And uh, I can only see that uh, fair trading. I got uh, I got going to have a lot to handle moving forward as the as the officers come under a, a lot more more strain because the the sales figures aren't there in you know, to to keep a uh, an office moving forward. Absolutely. Well, and uh, anybody who's thinking of uh, 
buying into high rise should ask some hard questions about the owner's corporation and in the way it's financed and uh, what its financial condition is. And let's move uh, this conversation forward then to the numbers, because as we keep saying, the numbers are the touchstone. And uh, in the Sydney region on the 19th, we had 15,990 properties for sale in the Sydney region. Um, and of course, uh, the slight move up to the 26th, 16,115. So another slight rise. But if you look at the comparisons uh, this year, last year, the blue being 2024 and the other color being 2023, we're still tracking lower. Yeah, we are. We are tracking lower. Uh, and, and this is where it counts. The, the numbers that we look at are the numbers in the Sydney Basin, more, uh, more, more to the point where where most of the articles are written about, most of the most of the action uh, action happens. Uh, so look, the it's we're sort of following the same trend, uh, obviously at a lower lower level, but we're following the same trend as we did last year. Um, yeah, moving forward, we'll probably get a bit of a a little bit of more of a rise um, as we also did in in twenty twenty three. Uh, 2023, you know, going into winter, we you know, the numbers climbed a little bit more, but then they, they then they pulled back a lot. Um, but yeah, overall, we are tracking a lot lower than uh, 2023. Uh, we it's almost when you look at the 2023 uh, 2024 numbers, the current numbers, and and I look at the numbers for uh, uh, for 2022, it's almost like. Yeah, they're, they're identical to to the numbers that were that we were tracking on on a on a weekly basis in twenty two, Martin. Uh, it, it's you know very, very interesting how that's playing out. But yeah, overall, we're, we're still less. Uh, the warning the warning to that is obviously, as I said, I've been saying for the last few weeks, is the the new migrants that have come in over the, the last four months have now settled in. Now they've got uh, a history with uh, uh, with the work. They've got job history. They've got banking history, uh, and now they know they know where they want to basically uh, live for the next five, seven years or, or, or longer. They've been watching, they've been spying the land, and um, you know, watch this space. As you see, a lot more silent tigers uh, out in the prowl, and not necessarily where, and not, it's not necessarily just happening in the Blacktown LGA. Absolutely. But the startling news, I think, is Melbourne, right? So if we look at the uh, the situation in Melbourne, um, this is on the 19th, there were 26,249, 26,249 properties listed for sale in the Melbourne region. Go forward a week, 26,676. So we are continuing to see more listings coming on in Melbourne, this is a very different story to Sydney, isn't it? hundred uh, percent. And and if you look at the, as I said earlier on, if you look at the uh, freestanding homes, the, it's double the amount of what we've got in what we've got in Sydney. Mm. Um, it's, yeah, the, the the what's playing out there is is yeah is really interesting. But yeah, <laughs> interesting to that also is, of course, the, we've been looking at the. Um, the land envelopes, or the uh, like, you could say the the house and land packages that are that, that are up for grabs in Melbourne as well. I think we're, we're I think we're clocking the four thousand. But uh, there was an article by realestate.com uh, that, uh, that that put out uh, on the yeah, on the twentieth, and that's yeah, it was um, Australia's facing a housing shortage. 
but some areas have thousands of new homes in the pipeline. And I started reading that article, and it's what you and I have been talking about, the fact that it's all its all basically, you know, the, the, the thousands that they're referring to is Melbourne. Uh, I mean, and then I put out a, put up a tweet, you know, uh, it, it, you know, uh, you know hashtagging the uh, the author of that article. You know, I said, indeed, uh, Megan Liu, but who wants to actually build in Melbourne? <laughs> what home builders remain in Melbourne uh, when so many investment properties bought as uh, home and land packages only years ago uh, now being dumped, you know, put on the market? Why not buy an already built? Uh, rather than uh, than take a risk, right? <laughs> so that was my rebuttal to to the uh, REA uh, article as to yeah, you know, there's thousands. Yeah, there's a lot of you know, but, but basically the author is basically saying, oh, I don't understand what you know, why people are whinging and complaining when there's yeah you know, thousands of uh, approved. Uh, obviously, it's a young yeah young reporter. That doesn't, you know, they just shoved her in there. Yeah, here, go and report on uh, on property. You know, cut your teeth on uh, on being a property journalist uh, before we let you uh, do anything of substance. Uh, but uh, and, and here we are. But it's without understanding all the fundamentals as to what's been going on. And you know, uh, I, I dare say, apart from uh, WA, Melbourne has had the most amount of builders go bust. Absolutely. And uh, I like the last little bit there. And there are the taxes, hash, tag, good luck. <laughs> I, re I, really li I really liked that. I thought that was uh, totally appropriate, Edwin, totally appropriate. Um, let's just move the conversation forward to look at Brisbane because there, of course, the story is rather different. Um, last week, 3,262 properties listed for sale. And jump forward a week, it's almost like, why did you bother to look so at three, three, two, three, eight, right? So a completely different story compared Brisbane to uh, to Melbourne. And uh, I'm still seeing a lot of demand. Uh, I'm still seeing a lot of people looking to move out of uh, particularly Victoria up to Queensland. I'm also seeing quite a few of those new migrants who came in through Sydney and Melbourne also looking up in Queensland. So there's considerable demand there. Um not necessarily a very good story, though. And uh, as we highlighted earlier on, some of those property investors who bought earlier on are scratching their head a bit in terms of trying to get the the returns up. So um, it's not all good news in Brisbane and the surrounding area either. No, it's uh, it's going to be a wait and see to see whether whether the same uh, uh, the same thing plays out in Queensland uh, with with what we've been watching in 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 Melbourne. But look, anything more than the more than you know, five thousand listings on market would you know it would be a welcome relief to those that want to get into the property uh, arena there. But it's obviously a smaller market as well, a mm. smaller market than what, uh, the Sydney region and the Melbourne region is. But it's interesting just to see uh, how those numbers also compare with the with the rental market. Well, let's talk auctions because there was an interesting observation that you made, and I think it's worth just repeating. Over twenty five percent of auction sales come off the market prior today's auction across Sydney. So most of the prior auction sales are based on offers made that owners could not refuse. Interesting observation. Yeah, look, and it is it is from my calls uh, to the agents and, and the people that we deal with uh, and the people that I've known uh, you know, over the years. And I, I just I just thought it was you know, interesting that 
yeah, we, we started off with 947 and, and by Saturday we we actually that actually yeah you know, uh went under the hammer were yeah you know, six hundred and eighty-seven. So almost twenty-five percent of, of properties were were either yeah you know, bought price. Yeah, some some came up because the the vendors' expectations were yeah you know, were were too high, but the majority uh you know, was um were properties that were you know, the you know, offers that the vendors just could could not refuse or did not want to take the risk that they would not otherwise uh, may may have got on the on the day of the auction. Um, it's and that's what I say to a lot of our clients also is that you know we, we need to we need to know how to play this game. We need to understand the game. Just you know you know there there is a time when we we you know we may make an offer before before auction. You've just got to obviously, you know, every every property, every deal works totally different. But in a lot of the cases, you know, if you make a if you make an an offer prior to auction, too close to the the day of auction, it's it can work against you because they'll use that to you know to Dutch auction your offer uh, as well. So there's a lot of play, but people are people are just making from my conversations with the agent, making offers that the vendors couldn't refuse and they didn't want to take. Uh, they didn't want to take uh, take the risk, which is yeah. And, and again, these are these are certain certain parts of uh, certain uh, areas of Sydney. It's it's you know it's it's a general statement. Yeah, but there's you know when I don't yeah you know, it's you know I don't want to get into details as to where which agent what area what house because the majority what what I can say is that the majority of the properties that were taken off. Um, yeah, you know, people made silly offers and that, that the vendors couldn't refuse. Are the ones that were that were spruced up, cleaned up, and and presented uh, really well. It was just, uh, you know, pay your money. Here's your keys. Uh, you know, moving. Absolutely. Well, let's just look at the auctions because uh, auction numbers are still relatively high. <laughs> particularly in Victoria. I uh, wonder why that yeah. is. Um, and, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see because we are now getting to, into the sort of the uh, the fag end of the of, of the summer um, season. And, uh, you know, a bit of a momentum still in the auctions, but uh, as you say, quite a few people getting offers before the auction, particularly in Sydney. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Well, look, we're, we're, we're going to have... Um, we still got a bit of, you could say, we still got a bit of heat in the market, and we'll see that for the next uh, three, four weeks, mm. uh, and, and then things will, you know, things will start tapering down. Look, we we only following the numbers on a week by week basis, where we 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 can see a week ahead with regards to uh, to the auction numbers. Uh, there's you know some agents in some areas in Sydney that we deal with the. Yeah, you know, they're, they're they're getting a lot of uh, they're doing a lot of market appraisals. A lot of them, not a lot of them, aren't necessarily turning into uh, into sales. Uh, a lot of people are, are just wanting to know what they would get. Uh, you know, you know, they're still you know, toying with the idea of of selling or not selling. But the but what's restricting a lot of these properties from coming on the market is what we've been discussing before. It's the the the, the cost of the transaction. Uh, it's it's you know the not so much the commission that they have to pay on the sale, but also the stamp duty on the on the purchase. And when they go from a from a you know, let's say a, an unrenovated uh, two million dollar property, uh, then they they want to you know, downsize to a to a villa or or a townhouse or or, or a two bedroom uh, freestanding home or a newer home in in, in the vicinity. Um, yeah, they're still paying you know, you know your one point five one point six. 
but you know, you're paying five percent stamp duty plus other costs to come in. It's it's yeah, they're, they're, they're staying put. So there's all there's all these factors obviously are paid. But one thing for sure, Martin, one thing that's interesting about our the, the, our auction segment is the, uh, the the Tom Panos index. Yeah, he's back, baby. He's back. <laughs> watch with interest, yeah. eh? <laughs> yeah, let's watch with interest. Look, uh, with yeah, with all due respect to Tom, uh, I actually I, I actually did uh, watch the uh, uh, the four minute video that he did. Uh, as much as I take the piss out of it, but um, yeah, I actually watched the video and I, I, I tried to make sense of what he was saying. I look, I just uh, it's yeah. That's why I said that when I put that tweet up, it was yeah. The Tom Panel C makes his back, baby. It's because yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to know. If you're following just following the Tom Panos index and forgetting about every every other indice or every other uh, uh, you know, information out there, you're going to be one one lost puppy. Uh, you know, it's you, you're going to be way behind the eight ball, as they say. Yeah, good point. Well, let's just quickly switch over and turn to the very sad story of the rental sector. So again, on the numbers, um, and this is looking at the. Uh, Early uh, week of February with 9159 in Sydney, jump forward to 26th and we're at 8169. So we're continuing to see a, a decline of properties available for rent in the Sydney region. Of course, all the students are back and uh, a lot of people trying to get in. And uh, the Melbourne story, if you go back to the end of January at 8905, now 7996. So in both areas, you can see there that the uh, the, you know, the rental story is um, is not particularly uh, solid. Um, a lot of people finding it very very difficult to find anything that they can afford. Uh, rents are still rising, and uh, I was talking to someone the other day who's um, being confronted with a twenty percent lift in their rental, twenty percent. And so the dilemma is: Do I pay, or do I try and find something cheaper? And of course, then you go back to, well, do I want to compete with another you know, 20, 30, 40 people all queuing to get into the same property? Uh, you know, and what's the chances that they can rent? So it's, it's a real critical dilemma. But um, uh, I suppose the good news, Edwin, is that uh, there is a solution, maybe. Yeah, there's a solution as, as if there's a bit of you know, a small, you know, I was overtaken on the M5. Um, by by the, the the future of, of the future of housing, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, that's I, I had a good look, uh, you know, through the through the glass doors there, uh, and it was decked out. You know, it looked okay. You, know, you could see the the, the bedroom, the, the cabin for the bedroom on the on, you know at, at the front upstairs. So it's really the mobile homes. But what I've been there were some articles floating around over the weekend that uh, the, the the Labor government are really trying to uh, to stop people from from I didn't go into too much detail, so I won't go into too much detail in the podcast. Like I didn't read it or didn't go into too, you know, reading the detail. But my understanding on on the on the surface was that uh, you know the the state governments or the Labor governments trying to stop people from uh, from having permanent caravans fixed to the to the properties. There was there was a report uh, on a new show. I think it was Channel Nine of of somebody that had, that had built a portable home behind, uh, in, and I think it was in Victoria. 
um, uh, or yeah, sorry, no, it was in around Yas or somewhere there. Um, anyway, uh, I, I, I you know, halfway through, I'm thinking, you know, shit, okay, interesting. Uh, but towards the end, the 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 the, the old little gentleman was saying that the, uh, you know, I thought it was you know on a 750 square meter block or something, but uh, it it, uh, it happened to be his dwelling happened to be on a 35 acre property or something like something along those lines. So it was it was crazy. The government is governments are creating this issue, but yet not allowing uh, portable homes. I mean, in a lot of LGAs. Uh, if our viewers don't know, you could literally, yeah, you, know, you could have portable homes as long as it's not permanently attached to to your sewer main, because you obviously have to uh, then get uh, council approvals. You have to get DAs. You have to get all sorts of certification in order to have a permanent dwelling. But you can have, uh, um, yeah, portable dwellings. Uh, on, on you know, a lot of LGAs will allow you to have that uh, for a certain amount of time. Blah blah blah. So you have to go into the details. Hence the reason why. Um, you know, uh, a good ten years ago, 10, 12 years ago, the um, there was a, a there was a, a trend uh, to go into you know, to build container homes. I knew a couple of container home builders uh, that were looking that as the option to building uh, uh, granny flats back then. Um, so it's interesting. Uh, so damned if you do, Martin, and damned if you don't. But it's it's not getting any any easier for the renters. Now, I just make the point, of course, the answer is you just um, continue to live in that on the back of a lorry, right? So you can just uh, park up overnight and then go on again. So perpetual motion, right? So <laughs> this is the this is the new future, unfortunately. Um, it's it, it, it's not, not good. Okay, tip of the week, Edwin, tip of the week. And uh, <laughs> this is uh, one of those that um, I, I have to say, of all the tips, uh, this is a critical one. This is about making sure that you've thought through the inevitable question of wills, enduring power of attorney, and those sorts of things. What happens if you are unable to uh, manage your affairs? Who's going to do it? Um, so many people just don't think about this until it's too late. No, look, uh, and, and the reason why I brought this tip up, uh, over the weekend I came across two, two cases or two matters that uh, you know di different individuals brought to my attention. And it had to do with properties and, and wills in the state. Uh, one of them was in a nursing home. Uh, they were there, you know, uh, at, at death's door and didn't have a will, doesn't have a will, and and that was uh, frankly scaring to to yeah you know, to to get a will in place. Uh, the big question at the end of the day is going to be: did, did they have capacity in order to you know? Otherwise, yeah, you know, it, it's a it's a big 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 schmozzle. The other one was only on. Uh, only on 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 Saturday, uh, no, sorry, Friday afternoon. On my way home, uh, got a phone call from an old mate, and uh, unfortunately, his sister-in-law was, uh, yeah, was was in hospital. They only gave her a couple a uh, couple of weeks to 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 live, and she'd already start, was already placed on morphine uh, to deal with the pain. Um, again, uh, issue to do with uh, with the will in the, in the state. Uh, it's crazy, and then I just. You know, and then before that, just dealing with different lawyers, uh, you know, that was uh, the, the general gist of the conversation as well uh, across some of the matters. Obviously, they reach out, they reach out to me uh, because of, um, you know, to talk and discuss uh, certain things about properties, what the value of the property may be, could be, we are, what if they sold it, all this sort of stuff. They, they ring me up for advice and uh, or I have to go into the offices and, and do a consultation with them. Um, and that's why I bought this you know, to our viewers' attention. So really, 
uh, after all that, uh, and it all just seemed to be clumped in, the, in this week, I thought, shit, um, you know, even though I've got to update my will uh, and and have that, more importantly, uh, you, know, you know, is the fact that to have the enduring power of attorney, meaning that, you know, you know, should you be incapacitated and then unable to look after yourself, somebody's got to be authorised uh, to make those legal and financial decisions uh, to be able to look after you, um, you know, in the future. Uh, so that, that's more important in, in a way. Both are very important, but I think that enduring power of attorney is, uh, you know, has that extra bit of uh, support. Now, uh, I, I I know your background. I don't know whether you want to share with the with the viewers the some of the issues with you. Well, I think I think that you did that on purpose, Martin. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Well, possibly. So, so just for those who who haven't caught up, uh, my late wife, um, Professor Jill, um, she died. Now she was a. a, a <laughs> She was a professor <laughs> of law, right? And, and and she said several times, there's no point in me making a will, right? Because everything is going to come to you, you know, blah, 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 right? Um, that was the stupidest thing that she never didn't do, right? So she should have made a will. The, the point was, we eventually got it sorted out, but it took more than a year to get probate on her affairs because you have to jump through all sorts of these hoops to be able to actually um, get access to things. And whilst, um, you know, the idea was that, well, if you've got joint accounts, the uh, remain, remaining person get access. She did have, um, you know, personal assets and things. So the whole thing was a complete schmozzle. And we could have got probate in just a few weeks, and that would have made my life so much easier. So I spent over a year chasing between lawyers and New South Wales. And, oh, I'll tell you what. So um, when a legal professor basically says, no point in making a will, don't believe her, right? Make a will. The ruse, Absolutely. The ruse. Make a will. It was a ruse. <laughs> make a will. She did that on purpose. <laughs> I, I, I think she probably did. It certainly, it, it made my life an absolute nightmare. And uh, the number of letters and the number of uh, communications with the various financial institutions and other people, uh, you know, it, it just, anyway. So make, make a will. And uh, Edwin, very importantly, that enduring power of, a th uh, of attorney is really important. What happens if you're unable to make decisions for yourself? Who's going to do it? And that's a really important uh, thing too. So very important uh, uh, tip of the week. And, uh, you know, it, it's something that people don't want to think about, but everybody does need to think about it. Edwin, great content this week. Thank you very much for all your um, uh, investigations and uh, your thoughts. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll do it all again. Of <laughs> so much, so much can happen in a week. We'll be back. We'll see you next time. I'll see you tomorrow, man. Hasta mañana. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye.